cowboy boots, jeans, and a lawyer shirt. Mirrors, sunglasses, a mobile phone. I guess I look like some Porter Ranzas dope dealers out on bail just trying to get home. But I ain't in jail, and I got me a guitar. I got a little band that's hotter than a rocket. Sometimes we're sloppy. All right, welcome to the Texas Hip Show. Thank you, Ray Wiley Hubbard. Screw you. We are from Texas. This is Russell Dowden, and you're tuning in to the Texas Hip Show podcast. This is podcast number 76 this week. My co-host, Jesse Williams, in the house with me. Jesse gurgling down some coffee there with the Texas Cannabis Collective. Jesse Williams. Wish, wish it was coffee. It's just like fruit punch today. I need it after that traffic. So screw you. We're from Texas. It's the Texas Hemp Show podcast here. I'm Russell Dowden with the Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine. And check out our upcoming issue that is available now, starting its, to make its way available across the Lone Star State this week. I know Austin's already starting to get the magazines. San Antonio and Houston will be getting them this weekend. And so our and our growers are beginning those in the mail uh, next week. So we did get the magazine out. In fact, uh, there's a copy of one there. Yeah, yeah, there we go. So we got the new issue out. This is kind of our 420 April and May edition of the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. So the next issue that we do will be our second anniversary issue in June. We started in June of 2020. Oh my God, we're going to be in the terrible twos. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Well, the terrible twos we will be on the June issue of the Texas Hemp Report that will mark our 12th one. We do only publish every other month. Many of the magazines I've done in the past are monthly, and we're just slowly ramping this one up to maybe get to monthly. I think we might be able to try a monthly publication sometime maybe later in the year i think we might be able to do that but but either way the magazine's every other month and the podcast is every week so what's new jesse we got an event for you you, you the texas vet co the texas veterans for medical cannabis conference the texas yes. medical Ca- veterans medical campers con blah, blah, blah. <laughs> The blah. I'm making you say it because exactly. I, I couldn't even say it. The Texas Veterans Medical <laughs> Cannabis Conference. That's it. And that is our my Texas Canico. That is our Veterans Wing website you are seeing right there. Uh, veterans Educating Texas. The Texas Vet Coalition is what we call it. TexasVetCo.org. T-X-V-E-T-C-O.org. And if you're just listening on the podcast stream and not the video stream, check out texasvetco.com. Dot com, dot org, dot net. You can plug any one of those in there. It'll take you right to our Veterans Wing website. We hope you join us. That's this Saturday, this in, Saturday. in Colleen at the Convention Center. The Colleen Civic and Conference Center, which is on South WS Young Boulevard. Look forward to that. I don't know that I'm going to make that. I may be actually in Houston this Saturday. After I last week, we talked about me going and visit um, visiting our guest in Houston at Bayou City Hemp, and so the magazine truck didn't come on Friday. It came on Monday, so I couldn't. I didn't get to go see Jeremy Sherman at Bayou City Hemp. I promised him that I would come see him, so I may go either tomorrow to Houston. And then when I do go to Houston, though, I am going to go and hang out with the, our guy, our friends at Swisher House Records, who are going to be onboarding as a 
a client. And then also they're going to be in the show in June uh, as well. We've got a podcast coming up for them. But uh, Swisher House guys. Uh, gonna... I hope the truck guy's excuse was, I was out mother trucking the whole weekend. Mother truckers? I was out mother trucking. Damn them mother truckers. Uh, but no, it's the Texas Hemp Show. It's podcast 76 this week. And I got a gift bag in the mail yet today actually this is some nice peach gol- galata what was i can't make gelato it. is that Ge- peach gelato is peach that gelato maybe this this is our friend from kiss of hemp and this was a uh, da- uh, darren from soul grown Farms sent us this in he sent several things and check this out i got a big old this is one or two, three. All of this is CBD. This is not a THC product. These are CBDs, but uh, this is the... All I know is I can smell it through the bag. Kush. Stuff is pungent. Uh, this is the white. But these are all different flavors. He also sent us over some balms and oils. That's balms. B-A-L-M-S. Yes, Bom- not, not bombs. Not bongs <laughs> or bongs not bongs or bombs but he did send over some of the uh lavender butter and the the kind of the products that we he was talking to us about and well you can't see these on that lens but it's the cbd lavender butter he sent some gummies so special thanks to darren wine over there at kiss of hemp and and soul grown farms I, i've got some some gummies here and thank you, uh, Darren, for, for for getting those to us. But excited, the new issue of the magazine's out. It's available at your Restart CBDs, your Planet K's out there, any of your uh, shaman stores. Uh, quite uh, Check out 46 and 2 and Taylor. I've got those uh, coming at Pacalolo Plug down in San Antonio. But they are in all of your smoke shops and CBD stores all around Central Texas and making their way to San Antonio and Houston tomorrow and, and the next day. So the magazine is out, and, and we're excited to, to get that out to everybody. And some very cool articles in there, History of 420. We've kind of talked about cannabis legislation as it pertains to the United States. A new take on protections for state licenses for medical marijuana and federal prosecutions. The Texas Hemp Federation, Jay McGuire, talks about uh, the Delta A issue in Texas. And Jay will be calling in to the show uh, here shortly, actually, from the Texas Hemp Federation. We'll be talking about this Delta 8 issue here in a little bit, also on the program. Dispensary etiquette. What are the rules of engagement while visiting a dispensary, Jesse? We, we, we went through that the year before. It's funny because I was looking at the article earlier. <laughs> and and what, what, what came to my mind was I was like, first thing, I was like, don't act like a nitwit when you go in. <laughs> you do that, you're already off to a great start. Well, we were, that was my first time. I don't know. I don't think I acted like a nitwit. I acted you, you more didn't. Like, And there's something that they had in the article that I noticed about like, don't take a used cart into the dispensary. That's they see it as the same as you break you bringing a half bottle of vodka back to the liquor store and going yeah. you, you got more you got more of this here. <laughs> you don't ask them for medical advice. They're yeah, they're not. They're not the doctors. They're the dispensary. Exactly. They're the dispensary. Texans are are getting a little taste of this when I guess they go to get their cannabis at the two 
dealers. Well, and anywhere you're buying hemp, they can't give you, they can't say that it has a medical benefit to it. It's not FDA approved for such. And That's right. You can't be making medical claims off of it. So it's well, really kind of warped to be asking you for get, medical, you, medical advice with when it. When you get your medicine here in, 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 in Texas, what do you, what's your process? I mean, you get those gummies from which, which uh, supplier gives them to you? Which distributor? So I've been getting oil from Texas Original Compassionate Cultivation. That's right, Compassionate Cultivation. But um, you have your appointment with the doctor. Mm-hmm. The doctor talks to you about what delivery system for your, sim- your symptoms might be best. Mm-hmm. Um, some people need something that instantly goes in their body. So like there's gummies with what's called nano emulsifier, emulsified. Mm-hmm. So you put it in your mouth and almost instantly gets in your bloodstream. Whereas oils, tinctures, that type of stuff could take 30 minutes to an hour. Um, I went for oils and tinctures. Um, they, for me, they last a little bit longer in my system than getting it instantly put in. And so when you go to the dispensary, the doctor will put it in, you go to the dispensary and like Texas Compassionate Cultivation, their thing is if you get the one-to-one, it's they've got some flavors. So, hey, do you want mint? Do you want like the strawberry? You pick that, you let them know, and you come and pick it. You Basically, you go to pick it up and they go, here's what your order is. Here's what we're charging you. Mm-hmm. And you can pay with a card now, but it has to be debit. You can't pay with credit. Interesting. And it's because the credit company will not let it let it go through. Oh, wow. Basically, it's like when we went to Colorado, when you go in, they run it as debit because they're basically acting as an ATM at that point. That's right. That's right. You can't charge it as credit. And they will take cash. Yeah, but, they'll take cash. But they can't do a credit card or a credit transaction. It's got to be with the PIN number on the debit. You know, when I bought that stuff in Denver, I think – I don't know that I even did a whole lot of that because I was so worried when I left Colorado that I, I didn't want to, like, carry it into New Mexico across state lines. I didn't want to carry it into Texas. And so I went and saw some friends of mine in Wallsburg. They have a gift. <laughs> they They own a bar. <laughs> I stopped in Wallsburg on the way back from coming out of Denver, uh, going south, and I went in there to go see the guys at the bar. I just had to dump like that whole, whole bit of that Willie Nelson. It was called Red Hair Stranger. Was the the Red, yeah redheaded stranger? Yeah, that was the brand of the, of the the cannabis I got in in uh, Denver. But I ended up giving that stuff just to those guys so that I didn't cross the state lines with the Heather Fazio said, "Man, Russell, don't go across state lines." Oh, yeah, I remember, with it. I never been there where her, her telling you that. And I was like, "Yeah, I don't get caught driving across." Because it's a line. felony if you get if you go across state lines with that. So. I was too paranoid to do that, so I like tasted a quick punch of it, and then said goodbye. I'm heading south to New Mexico. So something I find funny that's in this article, and I wonder if <laughs> how they looked at us going into the into the dispensary because it says, "Can you tell the difference between a native and a tourist?" Yeah, the new, could, we were newbies. <laughs> when they I come was. into your store, and I'm like, I imagine to an extent a lot of it is people go, "What's got the highest THC content?" I want that. And to me, that kind of it's like, I wonder if they're they're new to this. But then I wonder if they looked at us and saw like they like they pointed at Russell was like that guy's new. And they pointed <laughs> at me was like that guy's not. I was definitely new to it. I had never been to a dispensary before. But you know, I hear that everybody's going over the border. There was like record numbers for um, New Mexico. Oh, for New Mexico. Yeah, everybody's jumping over. You know who we need to get on? We need to get Colt on. Colt DeMorris on. Oh, yeah, over uh, in El pa- he's in with El Paso Normal. We need to check in with El- with Colt and get an idea of what's going on with him for 
all of the New, uh, New Mexico went full retail here a few weeks ago um, on the 1st of April. So, And that is not an April Fool's joke. That is real. They went full recreational. We've been talking about it all year. And New Mexico had a lot of traffic for folks coming in to try cannabis. And a lot of that traffic's coming from Texas. I think it right. was 1.4 to $2 million. Did you hear? I, the I, first day or weekend? I know yeah. it was like 1.2 at least the first day. Yeah, and a lot of it, the the shops that were getting a big results on it were shops in uh, Las Cruces, uh, Portales, Clovis, anywhere near the border. The, all of the stores that were on the border of Texas and New Mexico oh, yeah, were Austin. all flooded by Texans going <laughs> in there, too. Austin was there for, like, the first sale. Oh, did Austin the, go yeah, to they, New Mexico? They, they went out there, and he was talking about the the parking lot was just, like, Texas plates galore. Like every other plate was at least a Texas plate. Well, we don't have to go now as Texans. We don't have to go all the way to Denver or Colorado to experience this dispensary etiquette. We can now go to our friends there at the, in the land of enchantment next door. On the oh, West. it's enchantment, all right. And uh, do a little video trip, Carl. Maybe we need to go out there to New Mexico. Carl's giving me the thumbs up. Yeah, Can't I'm... you see they live in a land of enchantment? Ah, ah, ah. Uh, Page 24 of the new issue of the magazine. I don't know if we can share a screen of the issue or anything, but there's a we're celebrating a history of 420. Uh, Rachel Nelson, one of our writers, on page 24 for viewers, not everybody can can that's listening can can view it, but if you go to the website, you can click on uh, texashempreporter.com and and get to the magazine there. And, and but on page twenty four, a history of celebrating four twenty plus six ways to spend the holiday, and Rachel Nelson documented the wall how the Waldos started getting together at four twenty to celebrate. Uh, it's when they the, this group of kids would get together, and you you know this story, yeah, Jesse. They, they get together at. 4.20 in the afternoon every day. That was their meetup time. Well, uh, that is how this all got started. And, and uh, um, I guess later, the well, that Stephen Hager wrote about it in High Times in 98, which really made the 4.20 culture very popular. But one of the kids ended up touring with the Grateful Dead, and that really helped popularize 4.20. Deadheads. Uh, Deadheads started smoking at 4.20. But in the 90s, April 20th, 420 took on a counterculture holiday as of, as of April 20th. But it all started with those kids out in Berkeley, California, getting that, getting that uh, going, doing that themselves. Because that's when school got out and when high school kids got out, that was the first thing they man, did. that's late. <laughs> that's late, man. I remember <laughs> the first school I went to, we got out, everybody got out at 3.30 in the afternoon. I'm like, man, you waited till 4.20? Well, some My of Lord. us did it at 8.15 a.m. on the way to class. I had buddies who were like 12.15 p.m. at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> but we cover a little bit of 420-friendly stuff this month because of the, the month of April, and, and there's, it's a, a, something different. We never fell. The magazine had never dropped on an April issue yet, and the Austin shout out to the Austin Reggae Festival. Their ad is on page fifty nine of the Texas Hemp Reporter. That's uh, that's Angela and Mo, right? Well, the group that does this is also responsible for South by Southwest, and so the manager that got back with me at the last minute got their ad, and they were the last ad to get placed in the magazine. But Julian Marley and the Uprising is headlining the Austin Reggae Festival. What year? What year number is this? Does it say Jesse? 
I have no idea, saying it doesn't say on here which. Oh, 94. Yeah, 94. So it's 28th annual. Yeah, Flamingo to Cantina. Yeah, it's. Yeah, uh, it's Angela always. And uh, Angela and Mo are always involved in this every year. They usually help with the booking of the bands. But Julian Marley, Anthony B., The Expendables, Mikhail Rose, Third World, Kabaka Pyramid. Gondawana, some of these I don't know, some of these I do. Roots from the Clay, Audic Empire, I know those guys, I've interviewed them. Mo and the Mau Mau Chaplains, MCJ Ray and more. But this is the ad for their Austin Reggae Festival uh, that's coming here on the 22nd through the 24th. I just see The Expendables and what goes through my mind is the movie The Expendables and I'm like... I'd love to hear Sylvester Stallone try to get on stage and sing some reggae songs. No, the Austin Reggae Fest does help the Central Texas Food Bank by providing nourishing meals for thousands of hungry neighbors. So when you support the Reggae Fest, guys, you're also supporting the Central Texas Food Bank. Check out that online at austinreggaefest.com. I just wanted to mention that because that's a fun 420 thing. That we always do. April is also generally Eeyore's birthday time. You ever been to Eeyore's birthday? I've heard of it. I've never been to it. I went to it a few years ago. My brother volunteered at it, and I went, and we hung out down there and drank some beer. And That day at Peace Park is like 1969. Every time you go, it's like face painting and, and half-naked people high out of their minds and um, a very Austin – that thing's been going on since 1972 or so. Or so. It's like the oh, wow. 50th year. I think Eeyore's 50. So, But that's coming up uh, as well. Well, if you're a fan of Wilfred, there's an article in here. Jason Gann talks can of business. What page is that? That is page 30. Jason, so, tell I, us about that. I just happened to us. Actor Jason Gann, who's best known for playing Wilfred in the FX hit series, has embarked on a new venture in the cannabis industry. And I see he has 20 filtered hemp smokes, CBD smokes. And there's a nice little Wilfred picture on the box. Apparently he's got some other pre-rolls, some, some concentrate, some Delta-8 so gummies. that's his brand? I, I guess so. I'm kind of surprised, you know, that for being an FX series, that's something Fox Disney owns, that mm-hmm. uh, they have one of their characters on a, on a marijuana CBD hemp brand. So interesting. Let's take a quick commercial break right here, guys, and then we will come back with our guest, Jay McGuire. I'll try to get Jay on the phone to talk with us from the Texas Hemp Federation, and we will talk about good work that they do, but also, you know, where things are with Delta 8. We are obviously able to purchase Delta 8 right now in Texas here in the Lone Star State, so... Let's find out how long that lasts and how, what's kind of any updates going on with it. We'll talk with Jay McGuire here on podcast number 76. I'm Russell. He's Jesse. We'll be back. It's the Texas Hip Show after this.
At TFNB, your bank for life, we understand the unique struggles this emerging market creates for early adopters. We love working with innovative entrepreneurs on the next big thing, and we believe hemp is exactly that. For over 130 years, we've been getting to know our clients and helping them plan for their future. Come tell us your story and plans for your venture. TFNB Bank, your bank for hemp. Proud to support Texas farmers. Visit online at tfnbtx.com. Hey, this is Cheech Marine, and you're listening to the Texas Hemp Show. Hey guys, it's Russell here for the Texas Hemp Show. Check out our friends over at CBD Seed Labs. You can plant your next hemp grow crop with proven genetics. They have the ACDC Cherry Blossom Mountain Mango. They just did a first place smokable flower for that Texas Battle of the Buds in 2021. Their hemp seeds are 100% USDA compliant, 99.9% feminized, and 99% viable. Premium feminine hemp seeds, expert consultation. If you mention the Texas Hemp Reporter, you'll also save 15% off. So give them a call or check them out at cbdseedlabs.com. Why take a chance with your hemp grow? Join Hemp Plan and avoid the risk. TPS Labs' exclusive hemp monitoring program. Hemp Plan members get one-on-one consulting from knowledgeable consultants who are available when you need them most. If you want to take the guesswork out of growing hemp and focus on what matters most, call TPS Lab today and ask for your free consultation. Take the next step to a successful harvest. Visit tpslab.com or call today at 956-383-0739. Hey, this is Tommy Chong, and you're listening to the Texas Hemp Show. The Texas Hemp Reporter is available free at all CBD and smoke shops in Houston and Austin, Texas. Expanding to Dallas and San Antonio this year. Cannabis is slowly becoming legal in Texas. So be sure to listen to the Texas Hemp Show podcast every week, wherever podcasts are available. The premier hemp and marijuana advocacy publication for Texas. The Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. Mailed to over 2,000 licensed hemp producers in Texas. Texas. News, technology, trends, finance, culture, health, all things hemp in the Lone Star State. Now in our third year with more than 100,000 copies made available free at over 1,000 CBD and smoke shops in Texas. That's the Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine and the Texas Hemp Show. Visit online at TexasHempReporter.com and listen wherever podcasts are available. Now back to the show with your host, Russell Dowden. Welcome back to the Texas Hemp Show podcast. This is podcast number 76 of the Texas Hemp Show. Jesse Williams and I riding shotgun with me here as we bring on our guest, the Texas Hemp Federation. It's an association made up of growers, distributors, and retailers of the legal hemp and uh, hemp products in the state of Texas. And their missions to educate policymakers, the media uh, like ourselves, and the general public about the benefits of using hemp and debunking myths about its use as a supplement. 
Jay McGuire is the executive director of the Texas Hemp Federation. We'll bring him in onto the Texas Hemp Show. Welcome to the program, Jay. How are you? Very good. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for bearing with us there. We had a bit of a technical difficulty there during the commercial break, but glad to get you on here as well. And and welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about the Texas Hemp Federation, Jay, and some of the work that you and your team has been doing. Sure thing. The Texas Hemp Federation um, is a couple of years old. Uh, we got started right before COVID hit, so we had a little bit of a, a, a rough beginning. Um, but we're going full full blast now. Um, Lucas Gilkey at Hometown Hero um, was a, a major uh, force behind organizing uh, this group. Uh, we consist of growers, manufacturers, distributors, retailers, and labs. So we uh, try to cover each sector of the industry though the majority of the work in in recent months and in fact all of 2021 and 2022 so far has had to do with a prohibitionistic um, government stance among some members of the legislature and some people in the executive branch uh, towards hemp derived cannabinoids um, what you guys were talking about just a second ago, Delta-8, is really only one of the cannabinoids that uh, Senator Charles Perry from Lubbock uh, and our Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick wanted to ban at, at one point in session. Mm -hmm. uh, the, just, just for our audience to understand, the Texas legislature meets every other year from January to the end of May. And so w we did not uh, know about uh, the sort of toxic language that would have banned CBD, Delta-8, CBN, CBG, everything, uh, until about midway through. And so uh, Gilkey called me, uh, and we had worked together when he was in the vape industry uh, in prior years. A lot of people in the hemp industry had migrated uh, from the nicotine vape industry uh, he asked me uh, for my help in putting together a lobbying team. Uh, so we were successful. We, we hired, a, I think, a total of 15 individual lobbyists in three firms plus a couple of individuals uh, and just absolutely worked our butts off uh, to defeat uh, Senator Perry's version of the hemp, what was called the hemp fix bill. It's really unfortunate, too, because that bill contains some very necessary adjustments to House Bill 1325, particularly for growers uh, needing um, some extra time to leave their, their hemp crop in the ground. Um, and there was some language, I think, dealing with remediation um, of, of so-called hot crops. Um, uh, however, Senator Perry chose to freight down uh, the House version of the bill that went over to his committee, the Water, Agriculture, uh, and Rural Affairs Committee, uh, and, and kind of famously, uh, he chose the, that hearing to make some pretty harsh statements about uh, the hemp-derived cannabinoid uh, sector of the industry. He began the hearing by you know, showing the audience a box of floor tiling that's made from hemp. <laughs> and he said that that was the only use for hemp 
that he thought we should be allowed to, the industry should be allowed to produce. In other words, only building materials and fiber. Uh, he was um, particularly incensed that Delta-8 had emerged onto the market uh, because in his view, uh, and I think this is almost a quote, it was a kind of backdoor way of legalizing marijuana. We pushed back, you know, um, Delta-8 is significantly less intoxicating or psychoactive uh, than marijuana Delta-9 THC. And a lot of people, millions of people these days are using it uh, for inflammation. Yeah, anxiety. there's a lot of medical you know, benefits I'm, for it too. No doubt. Um, and, and in that hearing, though, I need to get this out because it's extremely important for you know your audience to understand. Senator Perry said, if you don't stop manufacturing these intoxicating products, and I'm paraphrasing, there's going to be a very cold place for you in Texas. Uh, he, he compared us to the cartels. Uh, he treated the witnesses who had come uh, from our industry, and I'm talking about shop owners, a small laboratory, family-owned laboratory. Uh, the son of the family, who's a pharmacology student, came to testify on behalf of his dad who couldn't make it. He treated everybody uh, on our side of the issue really badly. Um, and let me tell you, I started my career working in the Texas Senate in 1988. Um, there was a time up until very recently where that kind of bombastic um, you know, sort of shock jock language was simply unacceptable. And so I was, I was a little taken aback at his approach, but my, my response to him is that, you know, he is simply wrong. Um, and he doesn't even know how wrong he is. The, the entire prohibitionistic prohibition viewpoint is predicated on a great big fat lie. Uh, that you know began with reefer madness in the early 20th century and was was amplified uh, under the Nixon administration starting in 1970 with the passage of the Controlled Substances yeah. Act and the Crime Bill. Um, I know this firsthand because my former boss, mentor, and really good friend, um, going back to the the mid 90s, was a Nixon White House uh, staff guy. He had been general counsel of both the House and Senate Judiciary Committees uh, and uh, an associate attorney general of the United States at the Justice Department. Nixon White House brought him in uh, to see what could be done uh, to demonize or stigmatize marijuana uh, and other drugs. Because at the time, you know, Nixon's strategy was to pull together middle America, the so-called si uh, silent majority, um, that was against the counterculture hippies, that was against the civil rights movement and, you know, in the 70s, the Black Panthers, uh, and was against, you know, black and brown people generally. Uh, the result, I'm not sure that it was my friend's intention, but the result of Nixon's actions uh, was what we know today as the war on drugs and mass incarceration. Jay, let me ask you, is there... Is do we still need to move past this this old paradigm uh, of lawmakers uh, there in, in, on Congress Avenue in Austin? For sure, um, I, I don't think it's everybody. Um, if you've yeah. seen the latest, if you've seen the latest polls, you know the numbers are eye popping. It's like eighty percent plus of Texans 
um, are in favor of some form of legalization of marijuana. And I think that extends to hemp-derived cannabinoids. You know, the, the, yeah. the, the citizens are voting with their dollars and buying these products in, in, right. in vast quantities. You haven't heard about anybody dying. You haven't heard about anybody or hardly anybody getting sick and needing to go to the hospital. And in every one of those cases, the individual is, you know, maybe gotten stoned and is unfamiliar with it because they just took too much. But those prohibitionists in the legislature who I think are in the minority um, really believe the, the big lie. And um, there's a reason for that. It benefits them electorally you know, getting votes, and it benefits them financially because there are, are you called it an oligarchy, there are deep-pocketed donors on the right uh, who want to perpetuate um, the war on drugs and prohibition, yeah. and their goal is, a, is not the health and safety of Texans. Their goal is to marginalize minorities and to, 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 to you know, own the libs, basically. They don't have a leg to stand on in their arguments. And so, yes, we have to push back. Our industry needed to organize, and, and, and THF is not the only industry group out there. I need to give a shout out to Alyssa Nolan, uh, who just you know worked her butt off uh, during the legislative session. Uh, she, her, her group is, is, is a little older than us, and she does a little bit more work with the, our agriculture commissioner, Sid Miller. I think that may be the lane that her group is in, but all of us, you know, there's enough work for all of us to contribute to the effort. Um, and and we, we did work together um, with my lobby team, which consisted of a couple of different firms, a total of about 15 different individuals, um, which we had to hire up in a hurry. They did an outstanding job along with Alyssa's team and, and a few other people uh, in educating the House, which is 150 members in the Senate, which is 31, uh, about why Senator Perry's language was really missing the mark and out of touch with voters um, and and simply wrong on the facts that he was claiming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There um, was, and so there was there was a point I remember during the legislative session that somebody had came up to me and said, a senator is claiming that he's got mothers coming to him asking why their kids can get their hands on this product in a store. And I was like, think was like, what store? Where? Who are these stores that are doing this? Tell us this information because we're going to start questioning them. Us as an industry are right. going to start asking these people, why would you think it's a good idea to do this? You're going to kill our industry. That's right. Um, you know, it's a neat trick politically uh, to regulate adult behavior and take away free adults' free choices by using children as an excuse. Um, we see it all the time. Uh, it was particularly prevalent in the nicotine vape industry. You know, absolutely, kids were vaping, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not true. Uh, but what the what the opponents, the antis, were claiming was that this was addicting a generation of kids, but they were ignoring the fact that it was helping millions of Texans get off of combustible cigarettes. You know, when we have a, a, a nationwide death toll of 460,000 people a year, year after year after year after year, even with all that tobacco settlement money, Texas gets a billion dollars every two years out of the tobacco companies. None of the public uh, public education has done a thing to move that dial. You know what did? What moved the dial was nicotine vape. 
Texas saw a, an 11% decline in tax revenues from the cigarette excise tax. And what the reason I mentioned this is because you would never know that from the witnesses that they put up in those hearings. Similarly, you know, we, we have had, you know, concerned parents who are recruited, uh, bring their kids. And of course, a kid is going to, you know, repeat what they have, uh, that what's been projected onto them. They have no notion of... Go ahead and make your point, Jay. We're going to the commercial sorry, break, though. So, sorry, they have no notion of what they're actually doing. Um, and, you know, it's really easy. It's easy for a politician to point to a child and a parent and say, that's why we need to ban this. I'm calling bullshit. We're 30 million Texans. <laughs> that's right. Okay, there are 30 million Texans. This is a free state with free adults and free people making free choices and freedom. And I'm a Democrat saying that. Republicans are supposed to be for this, and one of them, or a couple of them in the Senate, were not standing up for that principle. Stay right there, Jay. It's podcast number 76 here on the Texas Hemp Show, and we are talking uh, all things uh, hemp and uh, cannabis uh, with the very um, adamant Jay McGuire from the Texas Hemp Federation. We'll be back after this on the other side. It's the Texas Hemp Show. Have you caught her and shown her the way to see the light of day? Have you caught her? At TFNB, your bank for life, we understand the unique struggles this emerging market creates for early adopters. We love working with innovative entrepreneurs on the next big thing, and we believe hemp is exactly that. For over 130 years, we've been getting to know our clients and helping them plan for their future. Come tell us your story and plans for your venture. TFNB Bank, your bank for hemp. Proud to support Texas farmers. Visit online at tfnbtx.com. Hey, this is Cheech Marine, and you're listening to the Texas Hemp Show. Hey guys, it's Russell here for the Texas Hemp Show. Check out our friends over at CBD Seed Labs. You can plant your next hemp grow crop with proven genetics. They have the ACDC Cherry Blossom Mountain Mango. They just did a first place smokable flower for that Texas Battle of the Buds in 2021. Their hemp seeds are 100% USDA compliant, 99.9% feminized, and 99% viable. Premium feminine hemp seeds, expert consultation. If you mention the Texas Hemp Reporter, you'll also save 15% off. So give them a call or check them out at cbdseedlabs.com. Welcome back to the Texas Hemp Show. It's podcast number 76 here on the Texas Hemp Show podcast. Our guest, Jay McGuire with the Texas Hemp Federation, talking with us about the state of cannabis and all things related to hemp and just cannabis in general here in the Lone Star State. Jay, I wanted to uh, mention, I got an email come in from a farmer in, I don't know where it was, East Texas, North Texas, Jay. It was a small farm, but they pled with the Texas Hemp Reporter to cover the harassment that the local county sheriff's office was giving this farm uh, and their family about growing legal hemp. And so an article appeared, I guess, in the Dallas Morning News today on it. I assigned my uh, one of my writers to, tech to address this, but there are farmers still ad- dealing with you know, law enforcement uh, on legal cannabis right now, and this is an issue. 
You know, um, you know, the first thing I'd say to that is that THF, you know, sort of part two of our work was on the legal side. We defeated the legislation and then DISH has issued its regulation and we had to hire a law firm. Uh, Texas Hemp Federation has five lawyers on our team. They're all highly competent. Our litigator is David Sergi from San Marcos. Um, our subject area expert is Andrea Steele, who's a well-known cannabis lawyer. Mm -hmm. our, appellate, our appellate judge, Scott Field, served on the third district court, excuse me, the, the, the third court of appeals. Um, and they are more than willing uh, to assist anybody in our industry who's being harassed by law enforcement. At this point, all law enforcement agencies in Texas know or should know that hemp is fully legal in this state, that hemp-derived cannabinoids are fully legal in the state, and both are federally legal as well. I get calls on a daily basis from within Texas and other states, Arkansas, Oklahoma, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, about law enforcement agencies that are hassling uh, growers, manufacturers, and retailers. And I'm going to go back to where I started. This is an artifact of the war on drugs. Look, one of one of my one of my boss's uh, missions in the in the Ford administration after Nixon was to write big checks to municipal police departments and sheriff departments. Their funding largely depends on drug interdiction and enforcement of the drug laws. Oh and yeah, that, so, it's their budgeting. It's kind of, they're budgeting this stuff into their budgets that they're going to do civil asset forfeiture and bring in this money. Sure. Um, and and I, you know, to give them some credit, it, it's almost like muscle memory for them. You know, you, you smell that telltale smell, and it's got to be marijuana, and those hippies got to go to jail or, or, you know, whoever they are. They've been trained to do that. Um, it, it goes against their, their, their training and their experience to not uh, go after people who are using a product that looks and smells a lot like something that's illegal. Um, and their their excuse is that their available tests cannot distinguish between illegal Delta 9 THC, which is illegal except for uh, prescription medical marijuana, uh, and Delta 8 THC or the other cannabinoids. Well, that's just not good enough. You know, my guys at Hometown Hero and the other stakeholders in the Texas Hemp Federation who manufacture um, have a QR code on all of their products. And that QR code goes to a certificate uh, of analysis, right. a COA. Yeah. That's a lab report. We, we, I, know, I know for a fact that some of these companies uh, have had to send their products to a state-of-the-art DEA certified lab out of state because we don't really have one in Texas that's doing cannabis right now, um, uh, which can, can show you clearly what's in that product. First things first. Jay. The consumer deserves to. Jay, we, we we got a few minutes left here. Can states pass more strict laws on hemp products than the federal government can? You know, um, that's that's a matter uh, for the courts. Let me tell you something. We're winning so far. Mm -hmm. um, the 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 DSHS regulation has been uh, voided by a temporary injunction that we expect to be made permanent uh, when the appeals court gets around to see, uh, taking up uh, our matter. Um, my uh, Scott Field, our attorney, uh, appellate attorney, tells me that that could be as long as a year to, to 16, 18 months. So it won't stop the legislature from trying. 
Um, but we beat Senator Perry's bill uh, over uh, on the House side. Um, I have to give a shout out uh, to Representative or Chairman Tracy King from Uvalde, mm -hmm. uh, who was one of the original authors of House Bill 1325, which enabled the, 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 the federal farm bill. It was the enabling legislation in Texas. Uh, he stuck to his guns. He wasn't going to accept a, a, a ban on, on any cannabinoid. Um, and that bill died. We're hoping for a repeat. We know that Senator Perry and, and others are going to come after us again, but we are ready. Um, we, we're going to take some of those dollars that, that our industry is generating, and we're going to put it towards educating that legislature um, to the best of our ability. And we're yeah. not alone. We have allies. The, the veterans of foreign wars, I, don't, I, I know you guys are aware of this. The audience might not know. We, we've got 60,000 veterans in the VFW, and many, many, many of them are using Delta A for their service-connected physical and mental injuries. They're getting relief from PTSD. They're getting relief from the pain that they, they, they suffer from their injuries in the war. And one lady told me she fell out of a helicopter, and she has horrible joint and hip pain. And Delta H, the first thing that she's been able to take that's helped her sleep at night. Can you imagine not ever being able to sleep well? And the VA is going to give you 10, 12 pills that are going to have you in a brain fog all day long. Yeah. When really all you need is a gummy or half a gummy. And it calms down your pain and your inflammation and helps you sleep. And there are people out there who supposedly support veterans, by the way, um, who, who don't know that or don't care about that. Who should people contact if they want to fight and learn more uh, and to get into the, the, the battleground here uh, for cannabis and, and hemp here in the Lone Star State? They should go to www.texashempfederation.com or email me at McGuire, and my name is spelled M-A-G-U-I-R-E, at uh, texashempfederation.com. I am always happy to answer questions. I'm happy to take phone calls. My number is 512 954 8054. Anybody can call me anytime and I'll get right to them as soon as I can. I'm, I'm more than glad to recruit anybody, anybody who wants to help and anybody who has a problem. And for that farmer you were talking about, that grower, yeah. have them contact me and I'll refer them to our legal team. Yeah, thank the you. Delta 8 the Delta 8 Legal Defense Fund exists for that purpose. Well, I certainly will. Our guest, Jay McGuire of the Texas Hemp Federation. Jay, very, very active with the Texas State Legislature's Office. And these are the guys that you can contact when uh, you need to need, need, need help. You know, uh, they, they can get you the information that you need. Uh, final thing, Jay, uh, Jay, I just wanted to ask, does D Dishes have the authority to ban Delta 8 THC in Texas? So... This is an interesting question. We think not, but but the point of law that the district court ruled on and that the appeals court upheld and the Supreme Court refused to, to rule on uh, is that dishes went about it in exactly the opposite way that open government laws require. And they did that because the appointed director of, uh, or commissioner of, of dishes received a lot of political pressure from the parties in the Senate that I've already told you about. They mm -hmm. tried to get him to ban Delta 8 because they lost their legislative fight. And, and, the, and the reason he went about it the way he did, a six-minute Zoom call with no public testimony because there was no public notice of hearing, is bullshit. That's not how Texas government is supposed to operate. You're supposed to post. You're supposed to take evidence. You're supposed to hear witnesses. 
Dishes is supposed to consider the science before they put anything on the controlled substances list. They did none of that. So that's all I got to say about that. Well, thank you, Jay, for being a part of the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, check out TexasHempFederation.com, please, to check out the good work that Jay McGuire does. His email again, McGuire at TexasHempFederation.com. And uh, thank you again for tuning in this week. Next week on the program, we have uh, Texas Premium Hemp Producers. Um, Scott and Dwayne will be chiming in on the phone to talk to us about their operation and what they expect for grow operations here as we get into the summer. I'm Russell. He's Jesse. We'll see you guys next week. It's the Texas Hemp Show. Adios.